following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I don't know what time it is that you're listening to me, but this is Ryan Kalpin, and this is the Sunday Fadeaway brought to you by Basketball Society. Of course, it's the Basketball Society podcast, and if you are a first-time listener, Basketball Society is the best source of all basketball news, analysis, and information you could look for. They are covering high school, middle school even, college, NBA, WNBA, G League, Lithuanian League, all leagues across the United States, the world, on an hourly, minute, second basis, come to B-Ball Society if you want to know about basketball. That's at B-Ball Society. If you're interested in the Sunday Fadeaway, of course, this is a podcast that focuses more specifically on the NBA. Um, and you can follow us along at Sunday Fadeaway. We love for you guys to tune in um, and join the conversation any way that you can. If you haven't been paying attention, we do giveaways uh, randomly. I know that Matthew from Tampa was just our uh, winner of our first giveaway. A nice Sixers shirt out there in Tampa representing Philly. Go Matthew, go Sixers. Um, and I wanted to just, you know, kind of let you guys know that if you follow along, there, there's, you know, perks obviously of, of listening and hopefully you enjoy the show, but also of getting possibly on the show, getting your takes on the show and, and even some giveaways that we do. This week, it's not just me. You don't just have to listen to Mr. Kalpin's voice for 35, 40 minutes. You know, lucky you guys. Um, I'm brought to you, or I bring you, I guess I should say, uh, uh, a longtime, you know, friend and, uh, you know, he's been on the show a few times, Ryan Dieter. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, Calvin, thanks for having me, man. It's great to be back. It's been a couple months since I've been on the show, since we had a, a crossover segment, and I'm excited to bring that back later today. But first, I want to dig into something that I heard on last week's show. You were complaining about how cold it was. The polar vortex had hit, all that stuff with the bomb cyclone. You hear about the bomb cyclone? Were you, were, were you really worried about that? You bet you were. Uh, but anyway, you were acting like a real, 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 real little man with this whole cold stuff because it was cold for everybody, man. I was dealing with it. You were dealing with it. Everybody else is dealing with the same type of cold. Everyone's dealing with the same way. My question is, why are you Ubering everywhere? Why are you, why are you wasting money like that? How about just get a pair of mittens, put a hat on, and take a hike, kid? Like, seriously, come on. What, what is this nonsense with the Ubering around? pair of mittens, he says. Calling me a little man with a pair of mittens. Okay, now here, Dieter. Um, let me tell you why I was Ubering everywhere. Because it was fucking cold out. That's why, okay? It was cold. You know? It's cold, you know? And I, I, I have to, you know, get places. I, I walk to work from the train station. I walk to the train station, walk to the gym, walk to get my groceries even. You know, it's cold. And, and I want to be warm. And, and right now, I can Uber. So I'm going to Uber. Man, I welcome him on my show, and this is what he does. Just immediately walks into my house, into my studio, with my microphone, and starts talking shit. Can you believe that, guys? Anybody, please join the conversation so I don't have to get this man off my show immediately. <laughs> no, thank you, Dieter. We appreciate you coming. Um, and as you guys do know, you know myself and uh, Dieter um, you know, like to, to really hone in on some topics. Dieter's topic is the crossover. That's something that he created. We're going to bring that back. It's been a little while since we had it. We're going to bring back the buzzer beater at the end of the show. But first off, we want to dive into something that I talked about last week 
week, um, and that was the All-Stars. So we went through the first round voting. Um, now the second round voting has gone out, and there's one more round of voting, I believe, before the you know kind of the managers and, and some of the, the media start getting involved. So I'm just going to run through the Eastern Conference front court guards, Western Conference front court guards, and you know me and Dieter will see if we think there's any snubs, if they got it right. Of course, this year there's a little bit of a difference. Um, in the top two vote-getters, one from the East and one from the West, will be the captains, and they'll get to pick their team. And I believe they pick from the pool that the fans and media pick, or you know, I've kind of chosen. So it's not really free reign, you know, but um, you know, still something interesting. I think that's something that had to, to, to get done. So last week we were talking about uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo um, being the the top vote getter. He was overtaken by LeBron James, and in, in my opinion, much deserved. Uh, you know, both great great players. LeBron with one point six million votes, and he is leading the entire league um, in voting right now. He's got one point six million. Giannis at one point four million. Then Joel Embiid from Philly is third on the front court. Kristaps, Kevin Love, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Cantor at eight right now for the Knicks. Andre Drummond at nine, and Howard rounding out the front court for the Eastern Conference at ten. For the guards, you have Kyrie Irving as a top guard uh, vote getter, one point three million votes out vote or. Uh, He's got a few more votes, um, a couple thousand more than, than even Seth Curry, so good for good for him. Um, he's at one, DeRozan at two, Ben Simmons for the Sixers at three, Victor Oladipo, Dwayne Wade at five. A little iffy for me, Dwayne Wade off the bench, kind of old man coming to the All-Star game. John Wall at six, Isaiah Thomas. It's weird, he's only played about three goddamn games. Kyle Lowry at eight, Bradley Beal, and Jalen Brown uh, rounding out the guard for the Eastern. For the Western Conference, top vote-getter is Steph Curry with just under 1.4 million. You have Kevin Durant leading the front court, though. He's also got just under 1.4. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carmelo Anthony, Kyle Kuzma, the rook from L.A., Carl Anthony Towns, a Timberwolf for now, which we'll get into a little bit later. Stay tuned. LaMarcus Aldridge rounding out the top ten front court for the Western Conference. And the guard, you got Steph Curry, like I mentioned, leading uh, you know, vote getter for the Western Conference. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, of course. Manu Ginobili, the forty one year old from San Antonio, number five on the guards list. Chris Paul, the rookie Lonzo Ball. A lot of kind of disruptancy there, you know, from the fans not really happy about why Lonzo could be an all-star. Um, Damian Lillard at 8, Butler at 9, and Devin Booker from Phoenix rounding out the guards for the Western Conference. So, as I mentioned, all votes are going to be tallied, and I think there's one more. Let's see, it says right here. Yeah, the voting page is open until the... Oh, yeah, so there's, there's one more um, announcement, I guess, and that's going to be tomorrow. So 11, 12, and 15, yeah, so um, so we'll see what happens here. And then, like I said, the media kind of tunes in. Dieter, is anybody missing, uh, you know, kind of from this list? Anybody you don't think deserves on this list? Or you think uh, so far the fans are getting it right? I, I think your take with Isaiah Thomas being on the list is, is a little strange considering he hasn't played that many games. Um, Dwayne Wade also, like you said, coming off the bench. Uh, so I, that might be just you know fan interest, and because it is a fan vote, it's more of a popularity contest than anything else. Usually, the popular players are the good players, but obviously, there's two name, two big names in, in basketball right now. Um, I can't, off the top of my head, think of anybody who got snubbed by them being there. It's just kind of shocking to see Dwayne Wade at fifth on the guards. Maybe, uh, maybe if he was tenth, maybe that would, you know, maybe be able to process that a little bit better. But um, from the West, it looks looks pretty good to me as well. So. Uh, I, I think, with the exception of those two Cavalier players, I, I think well done by the fans so far. 
Yeah, I think the fans have uh, mostly gotten it right. You know, maybe a few guys out of, out of order. Um, I agree with you. I don't think Dwayne Wade, obviously. I don't think Isaiah Thomas deserved to be in there. But I was always a fan of, you know, when Iverson was even old and, and kind of on his, in his way back to the Sixers, you know, being in the All-Star game. So if you're a big Dwayne Wade fan, I get it, you know, trying to see him because you don't know how many more All-Star games he's going to get. But, yeah, Isaiah, I don't think Lonzo Ball is really an All-Star, in, in, in my opinion, neither. Um, but... Besides that, they're, they're pretty much getting it right. You know, maybe switch up the order. Some of the guys overall, you know, Carmelo probably not an all-star either this year. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I think the media will kind of put it into order and put it into check. I'm assuming it'll be LeBron and either, either Kevin Durant or Steph Curry who are the captains this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, so far, so good. And, and I like the change that they made, you know, with that kind of captain. You know, be able to – obviously, there's so much more talent in the Western Conference. Um and for Steph Curry to be able to pick a guy like, say, Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron be able to pick a Clay Thompson, I think that makes it a little bit more interesting, you know, playing with guys that they obviously never get to play with. Um, so there's a, there's one more round, like I said, that should be announced after this show, and we'll get into kind of the final All-Star selection. should be out by next time I'm recording, so we'll tune in for that. But, of course, now with Ryan Dieter back, um, a segment that we've done, what he has uh, kind of labeled the crossover. He talks about some topics outside of basketball, and we tie it back in and cross it over to the basketball scene so i will hand over the microphone to dieter and, and we'll allow him to, to kind of run through some things and and uh, see what he's got yeah so i haven't been on as i said in a while and i figure this is probably a pretty good time to bring the crossover back you know there's a lot of you know news and things to discuss in basketball otherwise but the season's really gonna kick off now we're almost halfway through a little bit a little bit shy of that but we're getting closer the saturday primetime games are going to start up soon so there'll be a little bit more to talk about a little more you know uh high profile stuff going on but uh before that happens we're going to get into a couple crossover topics uh first um with the whole you know picking captains picking teams for the all-star game this year i think that's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the ratings are because the NFL tried to do that with the Pro Bowl, if you recall, a couple years ago. And while it, it helped the ratings, I think, the first year, after that it kind of just went back down to being what it is. And I know the All-Star game for N the NBA is usually um, a, lot, a lot more well-rated than, than the uh, NFL Pro Bowl, um, just in terms of player players wanting to play and all, all that. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see the effect it has on the overall viewership. Um, we're going into some other crossover topics in two weeks, Calpin. Two weeks. You know I love the WWE. You know what's coming in two weeks, Calvin? It's the Royal Rumble, one of my favorite events of the year in Philadelphia. I am so pumped about this. I am going crazy about this. Um, so if, for those of you who don't know, the Royal Rumble, basically 30 people come into the ring. It's one at a time. Every 30 seconds, a new entrant comes in. And the only way to eliminate folks from this, from this event is to throw them up over the top rope and have their feet touch the floor. Um, it's very, very awesome event. If you haven't watched it, you should check it out. Um, but anyway, so to tie it back into the NBA, I was thinking, what what is an event in the NBA that's kind that you could possibly do to be kind of like a Royal Rumble esque thing? Well, what about a game of knockout, little little old school knockout? Get a couple friends on the playground. You only got one basketball, two basketballs. You know, you're taking you know foul shots when you're little, three point shots, a little bit older. How about some half-court knockout NBA style? Calvin, give me your top three finalists for a half-court game of knockout. Maybe maybe if the NBA uh, higher-ups are listening, they might do that at the All-Star break this year. Um, probably not, though, but that would be pretty cool. Um, if, they, if, you do, if you are listening, I would like at least 10%, just enough to wet the beak on that a little bit. But my top three, I would probably have Steph Curry would probably win. Um, I, I think John Wall and Russell Westbrook would also be in my top three finishers. 
just because of the way I play knockout. I am a terrible, terrible basketball player. Not very good. I mean, let's give me some credit. I'm I'm a good defender, but my shot is awful. Disgusting shot. So what I usually try to do when I play knockout is I just slam it off the backboard as hard as I can so that it comes back to me and I can get a nice little layup going. Um, so that's why I think John Wall and Russell Westbrook, with their athleticism, I think they can you know try to do something similar. Steph Curry might actually be making a lot of half-court shots. We don't know. So I think... I, I think he would probably be the one to take it home. Uh, your your take, Calvin. Well, first of all, I'm uh, used to be a big WWE fan as well, and and I my favorite event was always the Royal Rumble. Um, I did not know it was in Philly. Um, can we get tickets to that? Maybe. No way. <laughs> you got, you got, uh, like money? Nah, sorry, I'm, I'm Ubering everywhere. I can't uh, I can't afford anything else. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, one of the guys, uh, your take is different than mine. Um, it's funny that you picked two of the worst shooting point guards in the league to, to kind of go. I'm going to kind of change that. I'm taking Steph, obviously. I, I agree with you. I think he would win it. I mean, you've seen, we've seen him literally make the half court shots in games. So, <coughs> I think, excuse me. Oh my God. <coughs> I think that, uh, <laughs> with Steph Curry, you know, he would really be able to, with a set kind of shot, would, would, would win it. I, I'm taking Kevin Durant as well, you know, one of the, the bigger pure scorers, and he's got those long strides that, you know, if a long rebound would come or something, you know, maybe maybe that would help him out as well. And my third guy, um, I'm going to have to, you know, I, I would maybe even just keep it all on the Warriors, you know, with Clay Thompson, but to make it a little bit more interesting. I'm taking uh, Buddy Heald from the Sacramento Kings. He's been... You know, really good. Uh, he, he's been in top of the league here in three-point shooting uh, this year, and he's got one of the longer ranges that I can remember. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put throw a guy in there like Buddy and and see what he can do. Uh, but that'd be fun to watch. They do something similar than the All-Star game. They do the shooting stars with uh, kind of the cities. Um, you know, kind of I think it's a WNBA player, or a current NBA player, and like a retired NBA player if I if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. And they have a timed kind of segment where half courts and part of it. So they're getting close. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll take your knockout idea. But I'm taking Steph. Buddy Heald and Kevin Durant, and I'm taking Steph to win my uh, half-court knockout. You know what? I just want to correct myself. I probably wouldn't take John Wall. I'd keep Russell Westbrook in there. Uh, I forgot about my boy J.J. Redick, so I'd probably have him in there at the end. He'd probably do some work in that. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, second crossover topic. Um, obviously, we're recording now. It's Sunday afternoon. Um, but By the time you probably listen to this, the Final Four for the NFL will be set. Uh, we already know the Eagles and the Patriots are in the Final Four. Uh, I know Calpin is not too happy that the Eagles won that game last night, but uh, I loved it. Um, we're going to know the other two. It's either going to be the Steelers and the ja- or the Jaguars and then the Saints or the Vikings. Um, we're excited to get those, watch those games in a little bit here. Um, so right now, I want to know who do you think will be the Final Four in the NBA? Who's your Final Four in the NBA, Calpin? Well, um, we're going to think about the conference championships. Uh, you know, if you remember, date back to, to the original prediction show before the season started, I had Cavs and Celtics um, and Warriors and Spurs um, in, in, in my Final Four. It doesn't change too much, honestly, in, in my opinion. A lot of people, which we'll get into later as well, you know, the Cavs, are they in trouble? Are they going to make the conference championship? Are they going to make the finals? Um and, you know, talking about teams like the the Raptors being able to upstage them um, or even the Wizards or, you know, kind of some of the other teams at the top of the East right now. But if you remember, you know, the Raptors never perform when it comes to playoff time. Experience is so important. And, uh, you know, LeBron James is the epitome of experience. He's seen it all in this, uh, you know, kind of NBA. So um, it doesn't change too much. I still have Cavs and Celtics in the East. Um, and, and the only change for me is in the West. 
I have Warriors and Rockets. Um, you know, I think the Rockets are playing some, you know, really good basketball. They got James Harden injured right now. Chris Paul was injured for a little bit. They were, they went on a stretch of 15 in a row, I believe it was, that they won. And then they took a little bit of a dip and, and lost, uh, four of their next five. But they're back to playing winning basketball. And I think w- with everybody healthy, you know, those are the four teams that we're going to see in the, the NBA's final four. What about you? No, I have basically the same going all chalk. Um, the only question would be, is there some chance, you know, if the Cavaliers keep struggling or if there is someone does get injured, one of those pieces does get injured, uh, is it possible that some, some upstart team comes in there and, and takes a couple games away? I don't, I don't think so. I know you don't think so. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I think the Rockets and, and Warriors and then the uh, Cavs and Celtics as well. Um, and then the final crossover topic we have is kind of re- related to, you know, again, this NFL season we've seen uh, – it seems like a ton of injuries, right? Um, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham. It wasn't an injury, but Ezekiel Elliott was out for an uh, extended portion of time this season. Um, some some other quarterbacks were, were gone. Some defensive players like uh, Eric Berry from the Chiefs was out. Um, and, and these injuries really affect their the way their teams play. And for some teams like the Giants and the Cowboys and the Packers, those injuries to their stars really, really hurt them. And they ended up missing the playoffs. And in the Giants' case, falling all the way down to the second overall pick this year. Um, so uh, I, I was wondering, Calvin, what injuries to NBA players would completely cripple their teams to the point where, you know, if, if they're a playoff contender now, they're not making the playoffs. If they're a title contender now, they're certainly not making that title game. Um my take on this is that if the Warriors lose any one of those pieces, I still think that they'd be able to get to and win a championship with the remaining pieces. Whether you lose Steph or you lose KD or you lose Draymond or you lose Clay, if you lose any one of them, I think you're okay. Where the problem comes in is if you lose more than one of them, because then I think you know you got some deficiencies elsewhere. Um, the other other obvious one is LeBron James, right? If the Cavs lost LeBron James, I think that would probably be uh, very detrimental to their season. I, I would question um, whether or not they'd make the playoffs even. Um, I, I think they ultimately would just because of the talent level in the East is not uh, as great as the West. But uh, I'm interested to hear if, if, if you have any other ideas or, or names on this topic. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I mean, obviously, we don't like to speak injuries into existence. Um, you know, it's it, it was a shame this NFL season. You know, there was a lot of big-name injuries, like you mentioned. Uh, and it's no fun. You know, we're here to see, see the Stars play and, and have the, the teams be at the best of, of kind of their capabilities. As you mentioned, LeBron is the obvious one. You know, Cleveland would be nothing without him. Um, and they'd be nothing, really, in, in any sports world because the Cleveland Browns are an absolute joke. Um yeah, that's true. I, I do take that back. Indians are uh, a formidable team, but at least in in a basketball sense, without LeBron, you know they are they would be definitely in trouble. Um, and it's inter- it, it's also interesting to me. You know, I agree with you. I think you take away one of those Warriors, you know, players, and I think they'd be okay even to contend for an NBA championship. That's how damn good the Warriors are. That you have to say, hey, we got to knock out two of these guys to to kind of make them, you know, kind of not the team that they are. We've seen it this year. Steph's been injured with a sprained ankle for basically three, three and a half weeks of the season. Durant's been on and off with some injuries. Draymond's been on and off with some injuries. Um, you know, Iguodala resting, things of that nature. So, you know, I think the Warriors are okay. Uh, we've seen Harden and Paul from the Rockets be injured. They are okay. You see Kawhi be injured. The Spurs are okay. So we've seen injuries and, and teams are okay. I even think without Kyrie, Boston would be okay. When it comes to teams, I mean, Sixers for me, I think, you know, you take and beat out, we've seen it. You know, they're a completely different team. They don't have anybody to kind of create their own shots and, and really form offense, uh, you know, by themselves. 
on the Sixers outside of Embiid. I mean, Simmons makes everybody better. JJ's a spot-up shooter. Covington's a spot-up shooter. Uh, Fultz is injured, obviously. McCollum's not, uh, McConnell's not to score. Um, so, I, I don't, I think without DeRozan, the Raptors are, uh, in trouble. Um, I, I think that he kind of holds the glue for defense and offense for that team. Um, I think without Lillard, the Trailblazers would be in trouble. Uh, and I think without Porzingis, the Knicks would be in big trouble. So those are just some guys I think, you know, those are on mediocre teams. Um, you know, Knicks aren't too special. Trailblazers aren't too special. Raptors are good right now, but they haven't done anything in the postseason. I, I think that they kind of, those guys are key pieces. Um, but for me, the NFL and NBA differ. The, you know, the, the the talent pool for the NBA for a lot of these really good teams is a lot deeper. And there's not a position on an NBA court that is similar to a position like a quarterback on the NFL field. You lose a quarterback and you see how much how different each team is. I mean, obviously the Packers, you know, without Rodgers weren't really formidable as a team anymore. Even without Carson Wentz, uh, although the, the Eagles unfortunately are still in the playoffs, Um you know, they're a different team. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that there's that key position, you know, throughout most of the NBA teams. But those are some of the guys that I would think about. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit all the big ones, obviously. It is interesting, though, because, you know, the NBA is a league built on stars, right? It's it's smaller teams, obviously. And um, so you, you would think, like, if your big star got hurt, it might hamper your team a little bit more than if your big star got hurt on a, on a football team because there's obviously more uh, players to kind of insulate that. So it is interesting how, how – that would seem to work. Um, so that was the crossover this week. Uh, I have another topic. It's not a crossover topic. It's strictly basketball, so there's no need to t- tie it back in uh, and cross it over. Um, so I was with a couple of my buddies uh, last uh, Friday night, actually, and we were, t- we were talking basketball. We were talking about LeBron. We were talking about Kevin Durant. And someone brought up a very interesting uh, wager that they wanted to, they wanted to make. Um, who would end up? having the longer game longer career NBA career in terms of games played who when it's all said and done who's going to have the most NBA games played in their career uh will it be LeBron or will it be KD um now LeBron right now has played 1103 career NBA games this is his 15th season and KD has played 739 games and it is his ninth season uh so LeBron has uh 364 more uh, games than KD does at this point in time. Um, so my friend's kind of argument for why he thought KD would ultimately play more games is because LeBron, being a, a bigger, stronger guy, is going to ultimately end up with more muscle fatigue uh, across the course of his and towards the end of his career. Whereas KD, as a leaner, um, you know, lengthier guy, is going to you know not run into those problems. And I, I thought, you know. I kind of disagree with that. I, I think, you know, LeBron as a bigger, stronger guy, yes, there there might be some more muscle fatigue, but I think LeBron handles injuries a lot better than almost any other player in the league just because he is such a, you know, physical specimen out there, right? Whereas KD's, you know, that 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 uh, slender frame of his, it comes in handy in terms of, you know, muscle fatigue and, and being able to run up and down the floor without, you know, getting tired, Um but we've seen it already with, you know, structural injuries, that, that foot injury that kept him out for, you know, the better part of a year uh, a couple years ago. Um, I think he's more likely to end up with some of those types of things. And, you know, I hate to talk about injuries again, but I just thought this was an interesting proposition that my friend had. So I'm interested to see what you think. 
It was. I remember, you know, we're going through it and, and perhaps that it, it was an interesting question that we went through. Um, and I was surprised to look at the numbers because te- technically, uh, you know, 82 games of the season, Kevin Durant's actually on par to have more games played right now if they're each in their 15th season. But, I mean, that's where, you know, it gets kind of tricky. There's no other, you know, kind of, like you mentioned, physical specimen. I mean, LeBron James is a freak of nature. I mean, you, you really don't see an athlete like him, you know, very often. I mean, he's obviously up there for, you know, conversations that I've had with, you know, my parents and, and you know, listening listening to, you know, kind of sports takes and things of that nature. He's like kind of the Bo Jackson of, of kind of athletes, and they don't come around very often. So it's difficult for me to ever, you know, kind of put myself against him to, to say, hey, I think, you know, Durant is going to be playing more games than Kevin, uh, Kevin uh, or than LeBron James, excuse me. I think also, if Durant stays on the Warriors, I know this is a long time to look, but if you think, you know, in my opinion, they can be creating a dynasty if all these guys stay, they're not going to be playing as many regular season games as LeBron might have to. I mean, like you already see it. You know, Durant injured, you know, in quotations a lot of the times is more rest than anything else, in my opinion. And they're not really going to risk him, and I think that that's something that you could take into consideration as well. Um, I mean... Listen, if the Warriors are going to stay together with this core, you know, four guys and, and kind of create something special, you know, Durant's numbers are going to go down from playing, you know, maybe 75 regular season games to, you know, 60, 65 because you just don't need him so much. So I, I, I'm going to go with uh, LeBron as well. I think, uh, you know, all said and done, you know, he might be playing close to 20 years. Um, you know, we have very few that play that long. You know, you got the Nowitzkis um, and Vince Carters and Kobe's, but. Not many teams get to, to 20 years. I think LeBron will be around that. Uh, and I, I, I could see Durant playing maybe 15 or 16. So I'm going to go LeBron really due to where he's at in his kind of team career. And also just I think he plays more seasons than, than Kevin Durant does. Yeah, it is just incredible to watch LeBron. Everybody, going back to the crossover, so everybody's been rave, ranting and raving about how Tom Brady looks, you know, being 41 years old out there and still being able to do what he does. But in terms of, you know, physicality, Tom Brady has never been the most amazing physical specimen, so there's really less of a drop-off there. With LeBron, that dude is just insane. I think what LeBron's doing at his age in his 15th season right now is as impressive, if not more impressive, than what Tom Brady has been able to do in the NFL this year. Um, I, I, I just, I agree with you. I, I, I don't see there being any way that LeBron wouldn't win this bet for uh my buddy who took LeBron, um, just because of the fact that what you said, he may have to play more games in a regular season. And uh, if Kevin Durant stays with the Warriors, they're, frankly, they're just going to win uh, games in the, in the regular season and then be able to rest guys whenever they need to. So uh, I, I see LeBron James being able to win this bet for my, my buddy pretty easily. Well, thank you, Dieter. Appreciate the crossover topic and, and you know, that interesting topic as well. Um, we are going to dive into a few more here that I wanted to get into, um, and, and, you know, we'll let you guys go. But, you know, a, a good kind of transition to that from LeBron and Duran is into the Cavaliers this year. And, and as you guys have known, I'm sure if you paid attention, Cavaliers have been struggling, struggling as of late, you know, especially, I guess, if you take it back to, to about the new year. Um, I'm going to go back to Christmas. I guess is is kind of where we're at here. Lost to the Warriors 99-92. Excuse me. Lost to the Warriors 99-92. Lost to the Kings 109-95. Lost to the Jazz 104-101. They then did defeat the Trail Blazers, but they lost by 14 to the Celtics. Beat the Magic by 4. Got smoked by the Timberwolves. Smoked by the Raptors. And then lost uh, at the last seconds to the Pacers the other night. So, I mean, you're looking at here. Let's see. Uh, that's 1, 2, 3, 4... 
five, six. That's seven. That they've lost seven of their last nine games, and they have a matchup tomorrow, or technically probably when you're listening, you know, tonight um, against the Warriors. So they're they're not playing too well, and and we've seen LeBron get animated on the sidelines. Uh, you know, he's frustrated. You know, they asked him, you know, what's been the biggest problem with the Cavs right now, and. He said the problem is that we're, you know, I'm not playing in the fourth quarter, and that means that I'm getting my ass torn up. Um, is, is is kind of what he said. So, I think it's tough. I mean, you know, if we ask, the, you know, is it time to push the panic button for the Cavaliers? And and I think, you know, maybe I saw a stat the last ten years: uh, NBA champions defense uh, total overall team defense was not outside the top ten. You know, we're seeing numbers like second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best. You know, first, second, third, you know, whatever it may be. We've seen a couple tens. But right now the Cleveland Cavaliers have the 29th overall team defense. That's not good. There's obvious holes in this team. There's obvious egos. There's obvious agendas like uh, Coach Tyron Lue said. They've got to be dropped at the door. Um, they got to start playing regular season basketball because I know that they think that the Eastern Conference is weak in terms of talent, and it is. You know, I th- I, th- I understand they probably don't think that the, you know, the, the regular season means too much. And, and sure, maybe it doesn't because – you know, at the end of the day, you have LeBron James and other teams don't. But home field is important. The Celtics are a good basketball team. They can uplift them and they can, you know, kind of upstage them, excuse me, in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. And it doesn't do anybody any good to be playing poor basketball and just think you kind of flip a switch. You got to kind of get some momentum. I think right now, if you're going to ask me on a 1 to 10 scale, you know, kind of the panic level the Cavaliers should be at, I'm at like a 6 or 7. There's holes in the defense. It's got to be fixed. I think, you know, Thomas doesn't help them defensively. Obviously, he's a great offensive scorer, and he's going to get, you know, more into the groove, and it will help them overall, you know, once he's kind of back into the swing of things. But defense has got to be fixed, and, and I think it's a little bit of time for, for concern for, for the Cavaliers. Like I mentioned, they have the Warriors, um, and they, they play the Thunder. They play the Spurs. They play the Pacers. they got a couple games against the Pistons. The schedule doesn't, doesn't get too easy, so... You know, they kind of got to lock in, and I think this stretch is going to be very important for them for the next, you know, week, week and a half. Yeah, there's definitely reason for concern, I think. Um, any Anytime you, you lose seven of nine games, that's a problem. Um, but l- let's remember what we're talking about here. It's the, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's LeBron James. We talk about this. It seems like every single year something like this happens in the middle of the year um, when there's not a whole lot else to really talk about. And, and so... Everybody latches on to, oh, they've lost seven of nine, oh, this and that. What's going to happen, right? What's more likely to happen? The Cavaliers continue this trend and completely screw up and miss the playoffs, or they maybe they get a little bit better, maybe they, you know, they they stay around 500, but I think that then they still make the playoffs. And then we we what's going to happen is LeBron James is going to take over. That experience that you were talking about earlier comes into play, and they go on a run. So I, I don't think that the Cavaliers – Need to be a one, two, three, or even a four seed in the playoffs to, to you know make a run to the finals. I think all that needs to happen is that LeBron stays healthy, um, some of their other pieces stay healthy, and then they have a they have a puncher's chance. No matter what seed they are, who they have to play, uh, I, I'll take I'll take LeBron and the Cavaliers over everybody in the East, maybe except for the Celtics. I, I have to give it up to the Celtics right now. They're playing really good basketball and. If that's the funk I would worry about. I would worry about that funk. But that is so far away, you can't even think about that right now. So what they need to do is get focused, get back to winning games, and um, ultimately just make the playoffs. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, you're correct. Um, I do think home field advantage is important. And the one difference, like you mentioned and alluded to it, there's a very good team now in the East. You know, there's been other years where we've had the situation where we've mentioned, you know, the Cavaliers kind of, 
almost seeing bored maybe in the in the regular season. But great teams can't get like that. And this year there's a very, very good team that can beat them. And the thing to me is look at the Warriors. They're the best team in the league by far. Everybody knows it. Everybody's gunning for them. They've been it. They've been the best team the last four years. You know, they really should have won the finals every year. Um, and they're not playing this way. I mean, the Warriors are the best team in the league. And their record shows it. Their play shows it. The Cavaliers got to get it together, in my opinion. This is a year where you can't really mess around. I, th- I disagree. I think they do need a, a, a top seed. I think they need a one or two seed. Um, because you don't want to have tough series, you know, kind of going into the Eastern Conference Finals. I agree. Make the playoffs, you're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals, but you don't want to be playing six, seven game series, you know, on the road, you know, as as uh, as the Cavaliers. You want to have easy four or five game series at home, so you're well rested and ready to go. Because I'm telling you, the Celtics are coming for you. So that, that that's kind of where I'm at in, in terms of being. I don't think they're necessarily in trouble, but I do think they got to fix some things on defense because it, it's not great. And I think the panic should should be there at least in in, in Cleveland. Um, a guy that has coached LeBron James and have seen, has seen this before, David Fisdale, of course, uh, fired from the Grizzlies earlier in the season. There's been some rumors that he is going to be back with a job very shortly. or I guess I shouldn't say very shortly, but there's been some rumors that maybe he would be replacing Luke Walton as the Lakers head coach. Um, and I just wanted to talk about that and touch on that and see if that's fair really to Luke Walton, see if that would make the Lakers better, um, and see if LeVar Ball really did have something to do with this. I know... We hate to give LeVar Ball kind of the, the, the time of day and, and extend his 15 minutes of undeserved fame because he's ass at basketball just because his kids are good, or I guess his one kid is good. You know, doesn't mean that he deserves kind of, you know, the spotlight. But um, for me, I don't think Luke Walton deserves that. I think Fizdale's a great coach. I don't think he deserved to really be fired in, in, in Memphis. But this is a young team that the Lakers have. And, you know, I, I tie it back in with the Sixers. A true processor understands, uh, you know, kind of the, the hardship that you go through with some of the, the, the guys you have off the bench and, and the team that you have overall. you got to build a team, and, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not something Luke Walton really or any coach is going to be able to step in there, snap, you know, kind of snap his fingers and, you know, be a winning basketball team. Um, I don't think he should be on the hot seat even. You know, I think give him time to kind of gel with his young guys. I think that, you know, realistically the team, you know, kind of does respect him. Um, and, and I don't think that he should go anywhere. So that's kind of my take on it. I wanted to see if you think that he deserved kind of, you know, even this talk, even to be on the hot seat, even to feel maybe a little pressure or, you know, kind of let Fizdale. You know, Fizdale's a great coach. He'll be coaching in the NBA. There's always vacancies at the end of every year. Um, you know, I don't think it's the right move. And some guys have mentioned the only reason that it's even being spoken about is because he's coached LeBron before. And if LeBron's going to go to LA after the season, that's the coach that they would, that he would want. Um, fine. If that's the speculation you have, then I'll, I'll let that be speculation. I'm not really going to talk about that too much, but in terms of basketball coaches and if Luke Walton deserves it, I think you got to give Luke Walton another year, uh, the rest of this year and then another full year to see where he's at. Cause I, I do think he's a talented coach and, and, and he's just got a young team right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I think it's kind of asinine to be talking about Luke Walton's job. I mean, realistically, what 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 was the expectation coming into this year? What was the expectation? I mean, personally, I, I thought it might have been que- a questionable hire when they made the hire. You know, it is L.A. It's the Lakers. It's the probably the biggest team in the NBA. If we're being completely honest, um, tons of history. And this is a guy that you know he he won games when he filled in as the Warriors coach, but. What was he really doing? Was it him? Was it his guys? Who who knows? Um, so I, I wasn't sure about the hire when they made it. Um, but when you make a hire, especially in the NBA, especially when you're trying to build something and you have a lot of young pieces, you need to stick with that guy and that vision, much like the Sixers did with Brett Brown. Um, 
Now we're starting to see if Brett Brown can't, you know, get things going here in the next couple of years, then it might be time for a change. I still don't think so. Um, but I think I, th- I think the history aspect of the Lakers, they were a dominant, dominant team for, what, 20, 30, 40 years? Um, and I think their fans, quite frankly, are used to, and maybe, I don't want to use, I don't think entitled is the right word, but maybe they're, you know, you know, puffing their chests a little bit, thinking they are more than what they are. And I think that's where some of this talk comes from. And I definitely don't think having a presence like LeVar Ball around, you know, helps that. I think he stokes that flame a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's warranted. I think you got to give him at least another year, at least another year, maybe, maybe two seasons. You know, Brett, Brett Brown won like what, 30 games before. Yeah. So, I I mean, you gotta have patience. The, The NBA is, for all, it's not a quick turnaround league, the NBA. You're either going to be really good, or we talked about this when we were talking when we were making season long predictions. You either want to be really good or really bad, so you can build. And if you're in the middle, that's a bad place to be. Um, so yeah, I think you got to be patient with Luke Walton. I think you got to uh, keep keep building, keep keep you know adding pieces. If LeBron comes, that's a very big piece right there, right? Um, and um, yeah, I think you got to let him see see what he actually is. Like, is this actually what he is? Maybe not. So, give him time, have patience, and you know, just ride it out a little bit. You're not going anywhere this year anyway. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you do tie it back with Brett Brown. He had five seasons where he literally won 16 games, won you know multiple years, and I don't think the Lakers are that bad. And I I do think the expectation should be above that, and that's fu- that's fine. You know, they're not a bottom five team. They're kind of right above that, in my opinion. And I think that's where he should be judged on. If they're obviously the first or second, you know, kind of the, the worst team in the league, then fair. Take a look at it. Maybe there's some justification there. But, you know, right now they're sitting at, a, you know, kind of 14, 15 wins right now. Um, and, and they're going to win 20, 25 games. They really, really should win 25, 30 games this year. And, and if they sit outside that kind of terrible, terrible, you know, kind of situation, um, I think that he should be safe. And, and I do think a lot of it's speculation, you know, and, and LeBron's a big piece, like you mentioned. So hopefully he's safe because I think he deserves it. And what I wanted to talk about last was some news that came last night, maybe a couple nights ago, you know, from when you're hearing it. But a big blockbuster trade, of course, a trade deadline's coming up right before the All-Star break. And, uh, you know, there's always some things in, in ripples and waves that are made. And, and this is the biggest one I've heard in a long time. Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota Timberwolves, just kind of just kind of picture this, for Blake Griffin of the Clippers and I, you know, from what I saw, it was just kind of a, a full up swap um, of the two big guys, and obviously two different games, and, and two very, very good players in this league. Um, in my opinion, Blake Griffin's a better player. I think that it makes sense for both. I mean, I think Blake deserves it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I think it's a fair trade. I think they're both great players. I think Cat's obviously more of a of a scorer and, and kind of a finesse guy, and obviously Blake gets. Gets to the gets to the rim and and know we can what he can do and he's a great defender as well. Overall, I think Blake Griffin's the better player. The Clippers aren't going anywhere. They're kind of in a rebuilding mode as well. Maybe you can build around Carl Anthony Towns. He's a younger piece than Blake Griffin is, and and the Timberwolves are pushing for the playoffs now. I mean, they've got a lot of talented guys in that team, and and if they think that Blake would make them better, go ahead. I think I'm okay with both sides of it. It's just a big blockbuster trade, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean. I don't know if it's going to happen. There hasn't been really too much justification. I guess just some some talks kind of surrounding it. But for Blake, I think it's great. For the Timberwolves and Clippers, I think it makes sense. The only guy that, in my opinion, kind of misses out is unfortunately Carl Anthony Towns goes from a you know a contender in the Western Conference to 
you know, not so much. But being the cornerstone of a team in L.A. that, uh, you know, is, is, is trying to be on the rebuild. So a lot of different snares and angles to take a look at. What are, you, what are your thoughts on and kind of reading this and, and, and these initial reports? Yeah, this seems kind of ludicrous to me that uh, the Timberwolves be thinking about this. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but, I mean, this is a young piece. You, you think he still has room to improve. Um, you are a contender now, even without making this move. Um, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like when teams make trades where it's just one for one, one for one trades like this. Unless like you're getting like a different type of piece, they ultimately are going to probably play end up playing the same position. So I don't. I don't really. Like it. it almost seems like um, whoever was reporting this like accidentally meant to send it as like a fantasy proposal on for his fantasy team, but he accidentally tweeted it out as like a legit trade. Because um, that's really ha- like it seems like a fantasy basketball trade. Like it doesn't seem like a real trade. But if if this happens, if if this is if these rumors are true, then this is a huge blockbuster piece of news. Um, and I think it'd be interesting. I, I just I, I wouldn't do it. I'm more of a conservative guy when it comes to making moves like this. But uh, I, I see I see where both teams are coming from, and I see where you're coming from as well. So I, I I wouldn't have a problem with it. I just wouldn't be the one wanting to pull the trigger on it. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I mean, for me, I guess you think about it when you're when it's going well, why mess with it? And Timberwolves are playing, you know, good basketball. They're a top five seed in the in the Western Conference right now. Um, so why the mashup? Uh, and and I do get that question. Um, I don't think it'll happen, in my opinion. I think it's a lot of talks. It, it's hard to make a one for one superstar for superstar trade. You you don't see it that that often. Um, but it it was interesting to me, and I I think it makes sense. I think it's fair. I think it's justified and. You know, I don't think anybody really have too, too many problems with it, but uh, and I would love, I would love to see it personally because I want to see Blake Griffin on a winning team again. He's a lot of fun to watch when he's healthy, and uh, you know he's kind of getting lost out there in L.A. because um, they're no longer good, the Clippers. You know, the, it's just kind of the, the the fact of the matter. Um, so I would love to see it. I just don't think it will happen. Um, another topic that was really brought to you by Dieter as well. We haven't done it in a while. Is the buzzer beater? 24 seconds, hot topic. Dieter wanted to do it. I'm going to give him the microphone. I'll allow him to kind of introduce it before starting the invisible timer um, and uh, let him go for it, and then then that'll be that. Yeah, thanks, Cal. So if you've, you've heard me on in the past, uh, big J.J. Redick fan, uh, big Sixers fan, uh, really um, most most games I watch, they are Sixers games. Um, and this is re- going to be a really hot take for some people. Um, you might disagree, so I'm, I'm hoping I can get your feedback then when I'm finished. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start the clock now. Th- this is called my Joel M. Bad take, okay? Certainly, statistics are there. Obviously, one of the best players. He's number three in the All-Star voting. But he takes plays off, and I can't stand that. There's certain times where he just looks like the laziest basketball player I've ever seen. Some of his passes look terrible. Every t- anytime he tries to dribble for more than five seconds, he gets stripped, and it Usually ends up with points going the other way. It, it's just lazy basketball, and I think if he cleaned it up, if he tr- if he tried and played hard every single minute he was on the floor, that he would be the best player in the NBA, the best because he's literally he literally has that type of ceiling. It's just sometimes he makes stupid errors like that, and I can't stand it. He he, it's it's infuriating to watch. And I know that's a hot take, and I know people probably disagree with me. I know you probably disagree with me, but I, I, I can't say. And I don't know if it's his conditioning, if that's the reason for it. He gets tired, and maybe that's the minute, reason for his minutes restrictions and not playing back-to-backs. But it's 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 insane to me that a player with that quality level of skill takes plays like that off. It's insane. I hate it. 
Thank you for that. Uh, and I know we've had this conversation before, and obviously I disagree. He's the best thing that's ever, you know, kind of since Iverson that's happened to the Sixers. Um, he's a top 10 player in the league right now. He's the best center, in my opinion, in the league right now. Um, but I, I have seen it. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that it happens. Um, I just don't care. I, I, you know what I mean? I mean, it's fine. You know, it's sure it's probably frustrating for me at certain parts to, to watch, but when you're that good and you're bringing the Sixers and, and myself joy and, and, and victories, and then that's okay. At first, I thought it was conditioning, though. If I will touch on it, I thought, hey, this guy's not really conditioned well. He doesn't play back to back still. You know, he's a big guy, seven foot two. Um, it makes sense. But then I watched that triple overtime game against the Thunder a while back, and you go, well, he's probably so tired. He looks so tired. But then all of a sudden, snap of the fingers, and, and, and he kind of he blocks Russell Westbrook to save the game, and he does things. You're like, oh, wow, I guess he's not that tired. So I get it. I'm not disagreeing with the fact that it happens. For me, I just don't care. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the big difference, right? The micro view of it versus the ma- – in the, in the macro view, the big picture, like taking the little plays off here and there – they probably don't really matter. He still puts up great numbers. They still, you know, they've won, they've won more games this year already than they have in some years past, uh, almost combined, it seems like. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's, an, that's another part of it too, is like now we're ready for some, you know, some great basketball. And when, you know, we see all these turnovers and things like that, I, I guess it's frustrating. And, um, I, I guess in the micro sense, like that's where I'm getting, I get frustrated. Like within watching each game, the ups and downs of, of being a fan, and I, I, I guess that's where I'm at. Um, but I love Joel Embiid as a player. Uh, with all that I just said, uh, put aside, um, I love him as a character. I think he's probably one of the best characters in the NBA right now. Um, so yeah, I'm very glad he's a Sixer, and I don't want I don't want anyone to take it like I'm 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 saying I wouldn't want him on my team. I just want him to play up to the level that I think he can play at 100 percent of the time. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, everybody wants that. You, you know, sometimes you just can't get everything that that you want. And he is a great character. And sometimes I also think that he 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 feeds into it. I think he, I think Joel has a big ego, um, and and he understands now that he's a he's a fan favorite. And and you've heard some opponents say, you know, he's more interested in being kind of the 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 fans' favorite and kind of the the laughing, uh, you know, making the joke than than actually winning the basketball game. So that's fair as well. I could see that. Um, when it comes down to it, like I said, I just I don't care. Um, but yeah, that, thank you for that. That's a buzz beater. That's a crossover and that's a Sunday fadeaway episode. Um, we thank Ryan Dieter for coming. Uh, like I said, anybody's welcome to come anytime. You can call in, you can Skype in, you can come visit. Hell, I do not care. I want to get voices on the show. Like I said, nobody just wants to listen to this voice for 45 minutes just talking basketball. It's always better when there's somebody on the other side of the microphone and the other side of the call, you know, kind of disagreeing with me or whatever it may be. So Ryan, we thank you for coming. This is the Sunday Fadeaway Basketball Society podcast. Remember, you can follow along at Sunday Fadeaway at B Ball Society, and you know we're here to just kind of show you what you know basketball does. That we have in-depth analysis being done. We have analysis videos. We have basketball trainings. We're looking into middle school, high school, college, NBA, G League, WNBA. Basketball Society does it all. Give them a follow. Give them a shout out. We love conversations as well. Join join the movement, as we say. Um, and I'm Ryan Calvin. I'm the host of Sunday Fadeaway Basketball Society podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to to bring you another show next week.